1: To right now on the line change. Fox Sports, the gambler presented by Cure Auto Insurance. Our next guest—you probably heard his voice if you were tuning into the post-game show with the Union on Saturday. Not a great game to be talking about. Maybe the first, uh, other than that playoff game. Obviously, the Union not winning that first round of the playoffs, and that was a little bit of disappointing to end their MLS season last year after winning. Uh, the supporter shield, but, you know, starting this season, there was that, that level of concern of, you know, how are they going to do in the second season or, or, you know, right after and following up probably their most successful season in franchise history. You know, how are they going to follow that up? The concern of that, the fact that, uh, their top players, a few of them like McKenzie and Aronson both left. Uh, so there was that concern and things were going good to start in Champions League play and then, The first game of the season, but then the first misstep came. Uh, Here to talk a little bit about the Union and also... Unfortunately, the dread of the Eagles making a draft pick come Thursday night. It is Kevin Kincaid of Crossing Broad. You can follow him uh, at Kevin Kincaid. I should probably get the Twitter handle up right away uh, before I say what the Twitter handle is. It's at Kevin underscore Kincaid. Um, you can follow him there on Twitter. He's joining me on the Dr. Glatt your hairline, Dr. Paul Glatt. Philadelphia's leading hair restoration doctor. Visit DrGlatt.com. But uh, yeah, Kevin, I think it took a while for it to happen, but I guess not a while. It's still early on in the season, whether you go Champions League play or MLS season, but it was kind of the first misstep for the union, right?
0: Yeah, and look, I mean, they weren't going to go the entire season without giving up a goal, you know. <laughs> so for, for, Are you sure? First I, I games, thought it could happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first three games, it was nice that they didn't. Um, you know, and they went out and they got the draw against Columbus, which is by all means a great result. Anytime you keep a clean sheet on the road against the defending champs, it's great. And uh, you know they looked pretty good for swaps of this Miami game. I was I wasn't super impressed with Miami early on, but um, I think kind of the story was uh, was twofold. It was number one um, just not enough moments of attacking quality, uh, you know, going forward, and uh, number two was just d- defensive lapses, correctable mistakes. Uh, you know, lun- uncharacteristic lunging for balls, committing a-, a foul that they shouldn't have. There was a slide tackle that didn't need to be made on the second goal and just some loose, um, you know, erroneous marking. Um, you know, one where they fell asleep in the run of play and another one where Leon Flock was t- t- more interested in wrestling than defending <laughs> on, a- on on a dead ball. So, you know, I- I- the good thing, I think, for Union fans is uh, – everything that I saw watching the game again is all correctable and it's all stuff that you can fix very easily and uh at least on the defensive end. And the offensive end they're gonna need some more chance generation. Maybe think about the lineup a little bit. But um yeah the bottom line is um you know they're focused on the Champions League, which is insane for me to listen to myself <laughs> say that. Um but Jim Curtin said it best today in his in his pregame press conference. He's like, look, it's a long yeah, MLS season, and we'll get it, all our stuff together there, but we're focused on the Champions League now because they're in the quarterfinals, so go figure.
1: Yes, and that Champions League match is tomorrow against Atlanta United. Um, Union, Atlanta United, sounds like a pretty good matchup. How do you think this one turns out tomorrow uh, and in the uh, the two legs here between the uh, Atlanta and Philly?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm excited to see how it turns out because it's um, it's a, it's going to be a classic case of a um, of a of a collective pressing team in the Philadelphia Union going up against a, of a, a Atlanta side that's got a lot of it has got good individual talent and um, playmakers and, and game changers and guys who are good on the ball and um, you saw early in the Miami game where they were just turning them over left and right and you know moving in transition and uh, you know turning defense into offense and. The, the pace of the game is just frenetic. Where I looked like back and forth and back and back and forth. I, I told Sean after Sean Brace after the during the post game show um, the other night, right here on the Gambler, that um, I felt like I was watching a tennis tennis match because uh, like my head was going left, my head was going right, and they were going here. But it was like so herky jerky that I feel like at some point that the Union um, they're going to have to carve out chances with on ball possession instead of just always sort of relying on that cluster press. And trap and turnover and to move with numbers forward. Um, you know, it's interesting. Atlanta is kind of trying to find their identity at the same time because they have a new manager in Gabriel Hindsay. So I, I think it's a, it's an interesting case of probably probably similar to the Miami game, um, where there's individual talented players that they have who are going to be individually better than the Union, but the Union have kind of a known identity and are are a, a known commodity at this point. So it's going to be kind of you know a classic case of who who can who can make the other team play their game.
1: No, I don't know if it's just your natural calm demeanor uh is the reason why I feel this way or uh if 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 it's true. It seems like that after that loss, you know, they they don't really lose at home, but uh to lose against Inter Miami at home, you don't seem to be concerned uh too much at all about the union. Should there be a level of concern or is or do you, do you think things are actually still looking pretty good for the union right now?
0: no no it's just, it's just hard again i think it's just you know when I look at the goals again on tape and I see the mistakes that they made leading up to that i didn 't see anything that 's not correctable you know on the first goal, the dead ball, the set piece, um, there was a lunge and a foul that was committed outside the box where you don 't need to go to ground there you know and I, I think I think John sometimes the thing is when you um when you play a frenetic and high paced defensive game and you're a pressing team and you're trying to turn the turn the opponent around uh, turn turn them over, um I think sometimes what happens is you start to get a little bit tired in the second half. Um you're used to lunging and, and and trapping and pressing and you know, I had a coach who told me back in the day, he said, Kevin, you know, you defend differently based on where you are on the field. And that sounds stupid, but you know, defending starts in the in their end of the field as well and you're going to take more risks when you're further up the field because you're not punished with consequences the way you are if you're in your own box or if you're outside your own box you know so just uncharacteristically i think they're, when they when they're used to trapping and pressing and going 100 miles an hour sometimes you do things around the box that you would, wouldn't normally do you know so they gave up a bad foul there and on and on that goal leon flock is more interested in taking his arms and wrapping them around um gonzalo iglaine but he's got his head turned you know, and he gets turned, he's he's ball side, he's between the ball and the man, but he's not looking at where the ball's coming. So he can't detach and attack the ball. It's fine if you want to get your arms on a guy and you want to prevent him from moving and try to do it without the ref seeing it, but you got to get your head on the swivel and you have to be able to detach and attack the ball because you're not going to be able to just glue yourself to a guy 100%. So you can either play the man or you can play the ball and you have to understand that moment to leave him and come off and attack it. Um, and then on the second one, you know, again, it was a – Two v two, Jack Elliott gets stretched wide. Uh, Kai Wagner goes to ground and this is a slide tackle. And then Elliott's slow to close the gap and they lose a they lose a runner coming in uh, coming in behind them. So again, but it's all like I said, I just picked out like three or four or five things right there. But that's all fundamental stuff that they know that they can fix and they shouldn't do. So yeah, I didn't I didn't see anything that was like oh they they're lacking talent, you know. And if, if that was the case, then you would be concerned.
1: We're talking with Kevin Kincaid of Crossing Broad. You can follow that Kevin underscore Kincaid. Is it right to also call you the post game analyst for uh, Philadelphia Union post game shows? Is that is that kind of the tag we can apply? Like, uh, are you the yeah, Ricky you know, Botalico now of Philadelphia Union?
0: Sure. You know we we didn't do we didn't come up with a, an official title, but yeah, you could call me the Seth <laughs> Joiner of this union. Yeah. Um, I, know, Barrett Barrett the Union. I'm a Bear
1: Brooks guy. Uh, we like Bear <laughs> Brooks around here, so maybe Bear okay, <laughs> yeah. Brooks.
0: Sure, sure. You can call me. Uh, you know, ask ask Sean, but whatever official title he <laughs> wants to pick is is fine with
1: me. I'm surprised he didn't go with Ray Dittinger. Can we call Joe Tanzi that, uh, or is Joe Tanzi the Ray Dittinger of? Uh, even though you were compared to Ray Dittinger, weren't you? You're like you're well, the, the like Dittinger the of Union coverage.
0: Well, some somebody on Reddit said that, and I, yeah, I was <laughs> blushing because it's like the greatest compliment that one person could ever have. That's a pretty so good now, one. Now, yeah. now to pay pay homage to uh, Ray, I have I I keep notes for. I, I'm still kind of old school, actually. He's got all those like like notepads like 15 notepads where he writes down notes during the Eagles games. I have one that I do for the for the union as well. So that's me kind of paying tribute to to Ray Diddy.
1: Yes, uh, it is funny how Ray Diddinger has 15 notepads and I have 15 tabs up on Google Chrome when I do a show. So there you go. Obviously yeah, yeah, yeah I, it it's a little different. <laughs>
0: It's a spatial and uh, OCD exercise there. Very interesting case study.
1: Yeah, it is. It's definitely an interesting one. But also, a pretty interesting case study uh, would be however the heck the Philadelphia Eagles run their front office. Uh, I think we've also been trying to do case studies and figure that out, actually, uh, with the amount of stories and pieces that have come out on the Philadelphia Eagles front office. But you put out on Crossing Broad, you asked the question, or at least posed the the question of... uh, can the Eagles and Howie Roseman uh, not screw up this draft? And obviously, ended that with right with a question mark. Uh, is there an answer to that question? Like, do we do we have any faith that Howie Roseman and the Eagles can do the right thing? Is there a chance that there's honestly not a bad option that's going to be there that they can mess it up? Uh, how? What are your feelings? I guess heading into the draft for Thursday and the Eagles picking at twelve.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, first things first, the law of averages would say that at some point you're going to get it right, right? (laughs) At some Uh, point. We would hope, (laughs) hope, yeah. Like, what's the saying about the blind squirrel occasionally, uh, you know, stumbling upon it? Right, like, occasionally
1: my uh, radio show sounds good. Once out of the five (laughs) days that I have a show, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, there you go. I mean, it's it's, it's one of those things where it's like, I I think, number one, um, they're already on their way to... To to getting this right because I like the move to trade back. Okay, so you pick an extra, pick up an extra first-round pick, gives you some, uh, their favorite word, optionality, which is not a word, but they use it anyway. It gives you optionality (laughs) (laughs) moving forward. That's actually not a word? Uh, No, it's one of those that they, like, if you go to dictionary.com, it'll say it's there, but it does not exist in, like, the the 1999 um, handheld dictionary that I have in my bookshelf over here. So it was like, it was added um that thing still they, they,
1: gets played Then you still use that that book
0: i just well just for situations like this okay. one yeah to, <laughs> to see what they added on the internet but um now look at it, and it gives them flexibility for next year because look now if jalen hurts is not the guy um then you can use that extra first round pick for a trade you can move up blah blah, blah. i don't need to tell anybody that that's not uh anything profound but i think the other thing is too um yeah, because there's going to be a run on on quarter, uh, quarterbacks early, we know quarterbacks are going one through three, right? And, you know, maybe one of Trey Lance or Mac Jones or Justin Fields or whoever's going to be the, the fourth or fifth guy, you know, they, maybe one or more of those guys also go in the top 12 as well. So basically you're pushing down the board to the point where the Eagles are basically going to get one of the top eight players at any other position, right? You know, so that's yeah. the uniqueness of the quarterback heavy draft. I mean, they're going to be able to get one of Micah Parsons, J.C. Horn, uh, Patrick Sertain, Jalen Waddle, you know, if we assume that Pitts and and um, and uh, Jamar Chase are going off the board too, I mean, so that's like your top five right there. They're going to get, they probably get their their pick of the next seven best guys in the draft. So I think they they understood that when they traded back and said, hey, we we have a feeling for how the board's going to work out, and we feel like there's going to be a really good guy there, at number twelve. So I don't I don't blame them for doing that for doing that at all. And the third thing that I pointed out Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. An article was um, look when you have many positions of need. <laughs> you know it's 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 hard to get it wrong. You know what I mean like they need O line, they need D line, they need a receiver, they need a corner. Uh, you know so it's not like in years past where you're trying to fill in the gap and trying to improve a team that's already pretty good. Like you're trying to rebuild a team almost completely. So you can't go wrong with any of those positions I I, I said. So I can't imagine. I'm trying to think of scenarios that would make people – unhappy for Thursday and When moving back I think moving
1: goes. back even more would do it. And that's the thing we we've heard like all the rumors yeah. already if they're gonna move up and you know if they're the right players available, maybe a quarterback they can go back into the top ten and get, or they're gonna move back even more. Uh there's been a ton of rumors. Is is there credence to any of them or do you think that after this trade they're pretty much just going to stand still at twelve and take whoever's there?
0: Well let me let me answer your question with the question. Yeah volume let me answer a question with the hypothetical. The Patriots are sitting there at fifteen okay, if there's a quarterback on the board at 12 and the Patriots are interested in going from 15 to 12, would you be fine with the Eagles going from 6 to 12 to 15 if they picked up two extra draft picks to go back there?
1: At this point, yeah, I didn't like moving back in the first I just liked if they would have kept it simple, just drafted 6. But I understand why, and it certainly makes sense. But yeah, you're already at 12, moving back three spots wouldn't.
0: Because well, right, because hey. look at it. Look at it this way: if you trade with the Patriots, the Patriots come up and take a quarterback, okay, then we can say at least four quarterbacks are going in the top twelve. Yeah. Okay, so that leaves eleven other players. So they're going to get their pick of the eleven best players at any other position, and if they can do that while picking up an extra first rounder that they already picked up, and whatever the Patriots are willing to give them, I don't see a problem with it because I don't. I, don't, I, just, I just think they're they're multiple picks away. You know, I don't. I know people were disappointed about not being able to land you know, a chaser, a pitcher, or, or a guy who could possibly be a generational guy, but they are more than a generational guy away. So, I, I mean, that's my take on it, my philosophy on it. I just think they could use, you know, all the draft capital that they can get.
1: Yeah, Kevin Kikade of Crossing Broad joining us also, the uh, post-game analyst of Philadelphia Union Games here on The Gambler. I, I want to go, uh, I'm, I'm distracted a little bit, uh, so we're going to go away from draft talk. We'll get back to it, but... Uh, I I have this thing, and it's now a thing on Twitter that every time Reese Hoskins hits a home run, it is very well known that I am not a Reese Hoskins fan. So I just get bombarded yeah. with a bunch of jerks on Twitter that are trolling me and tag me and everything. Guys at Liberty Line tag me and everything. Uh, so I'll ask you: Am I wrong about Reese Hoskins? Like, is he is he good or? What what do you make of Reese Hoskins? Because I don't think he's good, and then anytime he does something similar, like somewhat good, and has a you know decent stretch of games, I just get bombarded with a bunch of tweets that I'm wrong. Um,
0: No, I mean he's Reese Hoskins is is a guy, right? I mean, what 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 is there statistically to tell you that first off that anything is different this year? Okay, Um, he's 28 years old. Um, His OPS right now I think is the second lowest that it's been in his career, right? Like nobody expected that he was going to after playing like the fifty some games, yeah, like only fifty or sixty games in twenty seventeen, but he was like he had like an OPS of like one point oh, yeah, some something. Else. It was like something of course was unsustainable, yeah. yeah. But I mean, it was like around eight fifty the next year. I think he was around like eight twenty, and then it went back up to like eight seventy five. But I, I don't. I'm, I'm like looking for the like what what is the the leap forward. Like, like where has Reese Hoskins gotten better? I, I just don't, he doesn't seem like he's any different of a player to me. Yeah. And I think with me, he just
1: doesn't provide any value outside of the couple of weeks or a few times in a few weeks each season where he is hitting well, but it doesn't make up for the fact that he's a very below average fielder. He doesn't provide many uh, things on the base paths as well because he's completely slow. Like I just, I, I don't find there to be too much value outside of the few times where he is hitting well and hitting the ball, you know, out of the ballpark.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's, look, I mean, you don't, there's not, there's a, a darth of talent on this team. So you're looking to guys like him who have been around for four or five years. Um, we know we're not getting it out of center field right now. You know, left field is not really providing much of anything. The You know, Bryce Harper's a great player who hits in bunches as well. So you know what he is. It's like you're looking, you're, if you're looking around at the whole roster to kind of like, like somebody give me a little bit more. You know, like who's going to like give me a little bit more? Like, you look at Reese Hoskins, don't you? Right. And like he's not just, I just, it's not really, (laughs) it's not really there. I just don't, you know, 28 years old, you should be like, he should be in year two of his prime, really. You know, and like it's, I don't, I don't, I don't see anything that makes me feel like it's a different player, you know.
1: Yeah, so I feel like this is my thing now that I'm just a Reese Hoskins hater, and that's always what I'm going to be known for. So when it comes to, because you're great at this, you do radio wars and very well with Crossing Broad, and um, so when it comes to sports radio personalities or sports media personalities, which which is the um, the most notable one of maybe a uh, having a strong take or a sports radio media personality having a strong take on a player, the way I do with Reese Hoskins
0: uh you can do a lot of them dude. i think it's joe <laughs> i think a joe over at um wip joe gilio and he's he was he was probably the original the carson, carson wentz yeah <laughs> hater yeah but like to his credit like he'll write a story on the site and he'll back it up with you know facts and, and data and stuff like that And that's the thing you can you can you can believe anything you want and say anything you want if you can make a compelling argument for it you know, that's when of I'm, I'm trying to sit here and think of like what is the difference between a take and an opinion, and like to me, it's whether you can flesh it out or not. Because like takes are just things that are said for effect more than anything. You know, like I think Tasty Cake's terrible. All right, we're well, just trying to get people. Do you actually riled up or something? You know? no, 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 no. I was just something I picked up. I just picked a random random thing. Oh, I could. Pro- I but, think uh, I
1: have probably the worst take when it comes to, to food stuff like that. But yeah, continue.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, but I just like again, it's it's. um you know, it's it's not about what the 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 opinion is. It's whether you can back it up or not. You know, so if you say something outrageous like that, but you can give me a compelling argument, you know, I'll listen to it. You know, it's just the thing that bugs me is when people do it just to get a to get a rise out of you. You know, because it's you, the thing about radio and even like writing too. You know, you write things in a way that you want people to click on it. Yes. You know, but at the same time, yes, I would like people to
1: listen to my radio show. That would be
0: that. I think that would
1: be a good thing for me.
0: (laughs) Well, it's like the thing. It's like the onion, the satire website, the onion. If you go to their Twitter page, the thing that's pinned at the top says we don't make any money if you don't click on the link. So (laughs) uh, obviously. Right. But, you know, you can be informative and entertaining at the same time. You know, so there's some media personalities in Philadelphia who only do one of those things.
1: Yeah, yeah, like that John Jansen kid. I heard he just <laughs> hot takey, you know, doesn't, doesn't really research things, just kind of off the cuffs. He's absolutely horrible. Uh, but Kevin Kikade of Crossing Broad joining us. And, uh, last thing I do want to ask you, and just more of NFL draft terms, that number three overall pick, just, uh, it's been anything, any rumor we could have heard. I mean, every quarterback that is not named Trevor Lawrence or Zach Wilson has been linked to the 49ers at this point. It's gotten a little bit out of hand. And then Kyle Shanahan saying we're not guaranteed Sunday. I don't know what the heck that was about or why that needed to be said. Uh, this is getting a little weird. But I, I think would it be a mistake for the 49ers to to kind of move all that draft capital to move up to number 3 just to draft Mac Jones? That, that feels like a mistake.
0: It does. But, I mean, the report that came out earlier about, like, well, they're not sure if they want this guy, or if they want Trey Lance, like, that's, it's it's nonsense. That's it's a, a lot. Nonsense. That's just a lot. You, you, don't, you, don't, you don't make that trade if you don't know who you want. You know, nobody moves up. It's like, the, imagine if the Eagles moved up to number two in 2016 and said, well, you know, we're having second thoughts about Carson Wentz now. You know, of course, that would never happen. They wouldn't have done that unless they felt 100% confident about one of the guys who was going to be there. So we get the silly season a little bit with the, with the, <laughs> the you know, the giraffes and the, the rumors and the mocks and, and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's always fun to talk about I I enjoy talking about it because it's just um, it's just water cooler talk. You know, it's like it's interesting to think about what this team needs and uh, who might be available and how that might affect your team. And, uh, you know, considering hypotheticals and possibilities and stuff like that. You know, we make fun of the guys who do the NBA trade machine at ESPN. But whatever, <laughs> it's just dudes talking sports. So it's it's more compelling this year, especially for the Eagles, because they're in the mix. There they were in the mix in the top six and now they're you know, still in the mix for a lot of stuff at 12. So it's just, look, people looking for something to talk about in the off season, is fine. But when you start doing the nonsense Niners reports like that, I think it's pretty easy to see what's, what's real and what's
1: not yeah i think when you you know at least this nfl draft cycle has gotten just completely out of hand is when all of a sudden trevor lawrence was talked about as if he didn't like football even though that this guy has Uh, been just football his entire life and he's been consensus number one for a long long time uh that's kind of when i realized okay this this draft cycle is getting a little ridiculous
0: well it's black and white now it's kind of easier for people to sort of you know right see what's real and what's fake you know but uh I, the guy that I would pay attention to uh if anything is um uh Lance Zerline uh last year was the guy who nailed uh the Jalen Rager pick. And he didn't he didn't say outright that the Eagles are are gonna draft him, but he said like a week before two weeks before he said that uh, the Eagles are enamored with Jalen Rager. Does he and have anything
1: like, out right now? Who is the player now that he's linking I, to the Eagles?
0: I, I don't think he does. I, I I should double check though. But it was probably, so basically just
1: keep refreshing his Twitter account is what you're trying to see.
0: Yeah, because yeah, he he's, and he had a connection on the Eagles. Oh my God! I want to say it was like two or three years ago too, where it was another guy that he he had something about. So those are the guys to pay attention to. We can always go back and look at. This is why we gotta we gotta pay somebody just to keep track of who's right and who's wrong. You know, <laughs> and who's been accurate and who's not. And then we can just go back and. And
1: reference it. Yeah, it'd be like trying to track my bets. I don't want you to. Uh, I don't want you to know whether or not I'm right mm. or wrong because I'm likely wrong more than Howie Roseman. Um, Kevin <laughs> Kikade of Crossing Broad, uh, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you again. I don't think for tomorrow's game, but we'll probably talk to you Saturday. I'll be doing the post uh, pre and post game show instead of Sean Brace. He'll be out uh, for his 40th that weekend, so uh, you'll wow. unfortunately have to be talking to me uh, post game for the Union. Hopefully, a win for the Union. But uh, thanks for joining me tonight and we're uh for sure going to hear from you soon
0: no problem man we'll uh looking forward to it and uh we'll do it live as we'll bill do- o'reilly said, <laughs>
1: yes we will do it live kevin Kincaid crossing broad follow him at kevin underscore Kincaid, and yeah maybe i do have that like that's just my thing i have a strong take a, a notable take on a player that just seems to, to that people like to just pick on or don't agree with And apparently, the Reese Hoskins one is it. Like, when it comes to Reese Hoskins hate, I am like, you know, some of those that had the Carson Wentz uh, kind of hate, or at least would have those strong opinions about him. I I guess I'm the same way with Reese Hoskins because I'm getting bombarded with uh, tweets from the Liberty Line guys and Drew Smith, Kevin McCormick. uh, Sean Brace is under the fun, Chris Sack. It's getting a little ridiculous. Even my own family tweeting at me. Using the Spongebob meme uh, where you're doing the bunch of uppercase and lowercase letters uh, to as a sarcastic tone it's uh, it's it's not it's not right and I'm also glad that we completely forgot that this dude went like seven for 47 with a bunch of strikeouts uh, not too long ago so yeah no it's it's easy how we can forget uh, some things okay, round two name something that's not boring
0: a Laundry ooh a book club. <sighs>